Hello everyone and welcome to TechLore. Today I wanted to answer a big question, which is what are decentralized VPNs about, um, as well as VPN alternatives? Anything that's not just a traditional VPN in Tor, what are they about? How do they compare to these tools? I just don't feel like I was informed enough on this issue and I feel like a lot of people ask about this. So let's go ahead and talk about the pros and cons. I wanted to bring on Safing to help break this down for people. Um, so first, who are you guys? Hey, I'm Daniel. I'm the CTO of Safing, and yeah. this is David. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm David, the CCO, like I'm in charge of communication. Um, we're, we are a team of eight, and like our main mission is easy privacy. That's how I would describe us. Like with all our products, like maybe you know the Portmaster, that's an application firewall which blocks nasty things going out of your computer. And we have the SPN as well, which we will talk about in a minute. But overall, like our vision is to give users easy privacy, like that we do the heavy lifting, and but also enable you to have control and like configure everything to your desires. That's everything in a nutshell, basically. Yeah, everything that Safing does is open source. We actually did a review of the Portmaster a while ago. If some of you saw that, I'll leave it linked um, down below. But yeah, like David said, it's just a giant firewall on your computer. It's something that is a really fun tool to try. And I think once you use it, you instantly see the benefit that it can provide because it allows you to block access to um, programs that shouldn't have access to certain things. And so I think the Portmaster is a tool that like on your website, I think it speaks for itself really well. Like you understand the use case of it, but the SPN is something that I see and I'm still confused by. So just briefly before we dive into it more, what is the SPN just broadly? Yeah, that's something we also noticed. Like also thanks for bringing this up. Um, like people get the SPN, uh, the, the Portmaster, but not so much the yeah. SPN. And we are also super happy that we can have this talk and we will also use your questions like as a feedback to, to know where we can improve um, but as a short summary, what is the SPN? It's a paid add-on for the Protmaster, and it tackles the whole like IP address it, dilemma or identity dilemma, I'd say. So it's an easy solution to, to that, and I think Daniel will talk about more details. Yeah, I, I really like the concept of uh, threat modeling. So whenever we do a blog post about comparisons of technology, we start with the introduction, a real quick one, into threat modeling. Because if we talk about privacy, that's always the thing you need to go to first. It's not just use tool, use tool, use tool, and you're done. It's always what's your threat model and how do you do that. And I think that's also a very nice way to um, kind of map out um, where the SPN fits into. We have two main technologies uh, for protecting traffic on the internet. Um, and that is on the one side VPNs and on the other side Tor. These are the best known and most used technologies. And what we feel when it comes to threat modeling is that a lot of users require m more than what a VPN uh, can offer. but they settle on a VPN, but because that's just what there is. And yeah. um, companies try to innovate on that um, as, as much as they can. Um, and then we have 
four, which has a, like gives like batches of threat model is really high, and that is too much for for many of the users there. But VPNs are too little, so they have to just go to the next higher one, which is Tor. And what we try to do with the SPN to find a middle ground and to uh, uh, give the users that want more than a VPN, but where Tor is actually too much, um, give them a solution um, they can easily use. So just kind of to get the, the, the scene set, that's kind of where we're going into. And that's why what you will see um, when we continue talking about this technology is that we're combining different aspects of the VPN world and the Tor world into a new product um, in the middle. One thing before continuing just to outline this, because I get very uh, scammy vibes from a lot of VPNs and decentralized VPNs. Just, just to reassure my audience, that's not what safing is. Everything I do is open source. They're very transparent, like they said about their threat models. You're not gonna see them mislead people. So I just wanna outline that right now because I know some people might be a little bit iffy about that. So that's just something I wanna clear up. Like if you go on their website, it's good quality stuff. With that out of the way, what are the pros and cons and how does an SPN differ from a VPN specifically like those two things? Yeah, I think that's a great way to start into that world because that kind of is the first core um, thing of, of the SPN. The main uh, issue with that model of, of VPNs is that people want to protect their traffic um, from prying eyes. And what you're doing with uh, using a VPN, they just exchange um, their ISP with the VPN who then sees everything. Um, of course, there are no locks policies, and I'm sure there are honest providers out there, but we've also seen providers that have lied about that, and there is no way to really prove that. And companies are inventing on that, and there are good companies out there, I'm not telling that like all VPNs are bad, that's not the message here. Um, but the technology was never built to protect privacy. It was built to connect to networks. So is a private network in the sense of um, connecting to sites, um, not in the, in the sense of privacy from mass surveillance. Um, and that's where we built our solution from scratch. And we brought in this concept that Tor uses, um, where we use multiple servers um, linked together and the data you send over the network is encrypted locally on your device multiple times, like an onion. That's why it's called onion encryption. And then that data is sent over the multiple servers. So um, there's no single server that ever knows who you are and where you're going to. So the first server just knows, oh, that's you. And then the last server uses where you're going to. And any server in the middle knows nothing. So using that concept, we effectively solve the problem with just switching your trust from your ISP to VPN provider. But now, as with Tor, Tor you can really, um, you don't need to trust any of these um, in that um, chain of service. Yeah, where I would also chime in there and say the, like the good thing of a VPN is that it is easy to set up. So it's like normally you just download a client and then you go. And that's something we also did for the SPN, where it's just super easy to use. Like it's integrated into the port master. So it's just, it just works. 
and does a bunch of cool things for you. Um, uh, whereas like with Tor, one of the main challenges is, yeah, you can easily protect your browser traffic with Tor browser, but like protecting your whole system becomes more tricky where you would need Tails or Unix or yeah, that's, that's mostly too nerdy for a lot of people. Yeah. Are these servers, um, cause it sounds like there's multiple hops involved. Yeah. Yes. Are these servers controlled by you or is this like a decentralized, anyone can run their own server model? How does that work? Right now, um, in the phase where we're like scaling this up, all services are run by us. Um, technically, anyone can start a server. We just don't have a guide out there yet. Um, so we're preparing uh, some last things. We're um, giving the user more control over that. Um, and I'm in the process of writing a guide. And then we'll be having a phase. Um, I, I don't know. We have a. I don't think we have a, a concrete time schedule for that. But it'll be um, in the coming months. We will be inviting more and more users into like please uh, run a node. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of users that already want to do that. So the their interest is there, and we're in the process of preparing everything to get people on board, and um, then. Um, as soon as the network has grown and uh, has diversity in it, we can also start enabling routing uh, rules. So because the encryption is done locally already for all the servers, the route through the network must be already decided locally, else we wouldn't know who to encrypt the traffic for. So, and then we can, in this process, we can also apply constraints to the route through the network that the uh, client will then choose at least one node run by us and one node run by the community in order to further diversify and secure um, that traffic. That makes a lot more sense. So what phase is the SPN in development wise right now? Is it public? Yeah, it's, it's public. Uh, we label it as alpha just to uh, like communicate, hey, this is early software. Uh, it came out last December. It had a bunch of research and development behind that. I mean, Safing is like five years old now yeah. already. Yeah. And like a lot of crunch went into like develop developing this, but now it's in public. Um, so anybody can purchase this and, and use it today. Um, and from a maturity point of view, like the last months, we really heavily focused on making things more stable, more uh, yeah, stabilizing the network. Mm -hmm. And we are like planning to move into beta rather like in in the near future. Yeah. I don't like the word soon because yeah, you almost said it. I almost said it. Like I'm always, that's the greatest lie on the internet. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know that too. Um, but we are hard. working on uh, the yeah. beta phase, yeah. so that yeah. should come rather. So right now we have um, good coverage for Europe and US and some service outside of that um, for global coverage. And um, that's kind of overscaled at this point, um, definitely. Um, but as more users add join, we will continue scaling the network and also then bring the community nodes in so um, there's enough um, out there. One nice thing about VPNs is they're um, normally really speedy relative to what they're to what they're giving you. So how does the speed 
currently compared to VPNs? And do you anticipate that to improve as more servers pop up? The speeds right now um, are quite decent. Um, that's of course, because as I just stated, currently the network is overscaled um, as we need a minimum amount of servers for the network to work correctly. So um, I don't know what the current speed limit is. Um, we are definitely in the hundreds of megabits per second. Um, I don't know what the maximum is of one user once reported. I think we're at a couple hundred, definitely. So, but that's because we're overscaled at the moment. Um, how well this will scale over time if we have a lot of users in there, um, that is to be seen, but we'll definitely um, watch out that this um, scales properly. And because, and that's a, a big difference to Tor2 is that um, the SPN is paid, that we'll always have the funding to rent enough service um, in order to, to like deliver the, the bandwidth we, we promise. So um, that's something that um, is important. The SPN um, does not allow you to combine any nodes to a route. The nodes themselves um, create connections between each other and they actively measure all connections and they advertise all of this data through the network. So the client knows exactly um, how much bandwidth um, every connection in network has, plus what the latency is, how many milliseconds the packet needs from one to next hop. And then it can use this data um, also with data about the destination they're going to, to find an optimal route. Um, and that's also configurable um, to some extent on the client. So you might want to um, set your browser to a very privacy focused setting. And then if you have some traffic intense programs um, or need very low latency, then you can uh, scale this single app to a speed focus setting. So you can adapt um, to your needs um, yeah. and thread model. That's also something I wanted to touch upon is because it's integrated into the Portmaster, like, and in the Portmaster, you can configure every app individually, like allow these connections for one app, but not for the other, or just block off the app from the internet entirely. And the same goes for the SPN because the, like the interception is the same. So the, the connection is intercepted and then it's uh, decided what to do with it. And because of that, you can like, create amazing rules like, okay, I have a gaming app, which where latency is super important. So maybe I will just scale it down or turn it, turn the SPN off for it completely if you want. But at the same time, everything else is still like protected in that sense. And that's something which most VPNs could never offer because it's just an all or nothing solution. Got it. So if I was to summarize SPN versus most VPNs, it's um, you're trying to bypass the need to trust the VPN company because VPNs are a transfer of trust. And you're also adding, eventually, you're hoping to have more of a decentralized model on the servers and there's going to be multiple server hops. So you're gaining some privacy and security there, um, maybe at the cost of a little speed, um, but the user's also gaining more transparency as well because they're not having to trust a central party. Is that a good summary of the SPN. Also, there's the integration with Portmaster too, because it gives you more fine control. There's one really important thing that we need to add to that. I think David, you and um, yeah. talk about the multi-identity system. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things we could add. <laughs> but, but in the end, um, like the way SPN works, it, it takes every connection and then looks up, okay, where is it going? So it then, like, we're in Austria, so if a connection goes to Austria, it makes sure that the exit is close to the destination server. And because of that, like, the connections are spread across the globe. So if I visit a, an, a site in the United States, I will exit in the United States and be close by. And if I visit a site in Europe, it will just choose a near node there. And because of that, <clears throat> uh, like an IP address is often just tied to your identity. So with the SPN, you automatically by default get multiple identities for every app you're using. And that's one of the killer features as I see it, yeah. Wait, so are you saying with the SPN, if I have, let's, let's for some reason, let's say my video editing tool was web-based, and then I also had a game, you're saying that each separate program has its own IP address? It's not only the program, it's also the connections within the program. So each program has its own established connection into the SPN. It's not global. Your video editing <laughs> program might connect to a server in the United States and it might connect to a server in Europe. So with both of these connections coming from the same app, you get two identities. When you enable the SPN, uh, it connects to the first node that we call uh, the home node. Um, and that is closest to you as possible. So that's where you enter network. And from and every connection that uh, it wants to route over the network, it first checks, okay, where's the destination server? Finds a server exit node near that, and then it finds a route between these points. So every connection theoretically could have their own exit. Of course, um, if there's not enough servers in that area, you'll be reusing that connection for some con uh, this for some connection. So what happens is from your home node you'll be starting to build a tree-like structure through the network to a lot of exits that you're all using simultaneously. And if you have the, uh, like that works right now, so if you install the SPN, um, install the portmaster, enable the SPN, you'll get, a, first of all, a map showing all the, all the exits you're using at the moment, plus a list of applications and it will tell you which applications is using which exits, meaning which identities does this application currently have. Got it. Okay, that makes a lot. I really like the tree analogy. And so what you're saying is the SPN isn't necessarily built in a way where each program inherently has a new identity. It's just mostly random beyond that initial node. Like it, every connection you make will just pretty much do its own thing to see whatever is the most efficient route. And because of that feature, then any connection you make will probably have, I mean, they might end up with the same identity, but lots of connections will probably have random identities at the end of the day. So if you're connecting to amazon.com in the same browser and you open up a new, a new tab and you do a web search, it's likely those two things will be using a different endnode. Yes, that, that could be, if you're in the US, if you're in Europe, then your web search will go to Europe, of course. 
because that's where your web search provider is. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I think that was a very important thing to clear up. I, I didn't know about the SPN. And, and the cool thing about that is the goal is to reduce the amount of time a connection is in the clear web. So that's why you enter into the network as close as possible and exit the network as near as possible to the destination in order to make you as invisible as possible to the normal internet as can be. Um, like this touches actually upon a, another cool thing, like because you're spreading like the connections across the globe, um, what it does is it automatically like helps you with geo unblocking. Like certain ser sites, like I, I sometimes watch German television. So what I would have to do normally would just like, okay, set the VPN, I'm in Germany so that, so that I cannot like watch German television because they block it outside of Germany. So with the SPN, it just routes you to Germany because it's close to the destination and it's unlocked. The same goes the other way around. Like an example I, I heard was in Turkey, Wikipedia is blocked. But when you're in Turkey and use the VPN, uh, the SPN, uh, you just route the traffic to Wikipedia, which is likely to be somewhere in Germany, probably. Like they have a lot of data centers and they, of course, they show you Wikipedia, so it's just unblocked by default. Yeah, no. So I think for me, that really helps clear up SPNs versus VPNs. Um, and so why don't we migrate over to Tor? So kind of kind of starting again from square one here, how does an SPN compare to Tor? Because what you're describing is very Tor-like in some ways and, and not in other ways. One, one thing we touched a little bit that was kind of the, the Tor browser versus Tor for your system thing. So that, that's not specifically about the uh, network technology, but that's like very important to us to like look at the Portmaster and SPN as a like combined solution because that just gives you a one-click uh, like install and you're ready to go for your whole system. And setting up Tor to correctly work for your whole system, including UDP, like for DNS, um, that's just a hassle. And that's why Tails exists and Unix exists so that you can do that easily without going through the hassles. But you just, just can't slap that onto the machine you're using at the moment. And that's a big difference on where the SPN just integrates seamlessly and perfectly and without any possible leaks um, because it is um, integrated into the Portmaster, which as a firewall just takes care of everything. So. That's um, from the integration uh, side, a very important part. And the, the other side is where um, I mentioned at the beginning, the, the threat modeling, where we feel that um, Tor has a, a very high and uh, strict threat model. And there are, of course, people that need that, but a lot of people just default to that because VPNs aren't good enough. So. That's where we look like, okay, what do we need from Tor to make it private kind of enough in that space um, in the middle? And of course, kind of we took the um, onion encryption stuff there. Um, that's a very important part, um, very important technology there. And something that we do differently than Tor is that of course, we, it's, this pin is not a 100% community run service. So there is some trust involved um, and that's a good thing um, because 
you we don't have a trustless internet we are slowly moving in a direction where less and less trust is needed but uh, we still have uh, connections and websites that are not encrypted and if you visit one of these um, using Tor then you'll have your unencrypted connection just going over uh, an exit node of some random uh, and dude or organization like there's um, a uh, I don't know what to call him, a guy on the internet that like does in-depth analysis of Tor and also tries to get them to um, implement defenses. And he uh, tracked one actor in Tor network over some period of time who was just adding loads and loads and loads of, of servers to the network until he had a really decent exit probability to, in order to monitor stuff there. So, so that was really crazy. And, and in order to protect from that, what we do is uh, our servers or actually a subset of our servers that we deem trusted because um, we um, host them at uh, trustworthy providers. Um, there are not too many of them. There are a lot of providers on the internet that are really weird. Um, so we have a set of trusted servers and only these are used for unencrypted connections. So unencrypted connections over the SPN get kind of a VIP pass to uh, a special set of servers um, that are um, destined to handle sensitive traffic. Um, other traffic will go over there too. But so that's how we um, solve the problem of your uh, kind of opening yourself up to, to attacks um, on, on that route. So we, we protect um, in that way in, by kind of acting as a trusted partner or a trusted provider until the internet finally gets to the point where everything is encrypted. Yeah. But we're not there yet and we'll see if we ever get there. Yeah, but we're, we're on a good, good way there. So I'm, I'm having my hopes up still, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So since you said hundreds of megabits per second, I assume that this is substantially faster than Tor. Um, that's probably the case. Um, I have heard that Tor has um, upped its game speed um, in, the, in the recent years. Um, so not sure what the current uh, expected bandwidth there is. Not hundreds, but... <laughs> It's. I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, sure that, that yeah. we can outperform them in that way. I um, think buffering we, is yeah. less likely with SPN. We <laughs> we just yeah. have a very different like uh, place to start from um, with the technology and the resources we have, um, and we are catering to a different uh, user group um, to to some extent. As I explained before, we're kind of in between these two worlds. Um, so um, actually, I, I hope to, it's not kind of a, we want to kind of um, take away their, their users or something. I think there can be a very good and healthy um, uh, relationship there also with other uh, emerging projects in, in that area. Um, there's a couple of interesting things going on there um, that um, 
could or could not turn out to be uh, good partners in that um, tree. But it's kind of like migrating, like with HTTP migrating to HTTPS, it's kind of the situation where a lot of people have to trust a VPN provider and we just want to like migrate people away from like having to trust, like having to just delegate, delegate their trust from the ISP to the VPN, to the VPN provider that that no longer is required. Yeah. 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 I think a really good way, it, it, this is a way oversimplified. Um, I know it's a lot more nuanced than this, but a really easy way for me to kind of understand the three tools. If you want to just transfer trust from your ISP that you know is spying on you, use a VPN. It also gives you a few privacy perks on the internet. If you want to have like a partial semi-trust model, then SPN's kind of in the middle where you don't really have to trust you that much, especially as it gets more decentralized. And then if you want a fully trustless model, then you go for core. Is that a good way of breaking down at least the trust levels between the three tools? If your threat model requires that level of like yeah. complexity, then like, yeah, I think that's a good summary. And everything kind of scales nicely too. It sounds like speeds. I mean, you might have a slow VPN provider, like, I'm, but I'm sure on average, you're going to see a speed loss as you go down this trend. The only other thing though is... I feel like the SPN is actually a more powerful tool than a VPN because it allows you to configure more things and it sounds like it gives you more granularity on a program by program basis. It sounds like the integration of the SPN is actually a lot better than a VPN, which is something attractive for me because I don't I don't have a Windows or Linux machine. So unfortunately I can't use the Portmaster, but if I was on one, I'd probably be using the Portmaster because I don't like how this program who does that doesn't need internet access is getting internet access. I don't like how I can't control a domains a program is pinging. And if people, if anyone listening to this hasn't tried the Portmaster, you should try it because it's free, it's open source, like there's no reason not to try it. But if you download it, you actually see all the domains that every program connects to and you can go ahead and choose what to do with those connections and it's very useful. Um, it's useful information because you can see what programs do, but it's also a useful tool because you can actually um, take control of it. And so that integration with the SPN for me is something that's really cool. Whereas Tor, what we normally say to people about Tor is use Tor for like anonymity related things, keep it in the browser. If you need something more than that, go to Hunix, go to Tails, um, those kinds of tools. But we don't normally recommend use Tor for everything because that's just not realistic. And I think it kind of throws the concept of threat modeling out the window. Sorry, that was a big rant, but I hope there was something no, there. No, I think, yeah, I think that was, was a like, good summary. And, and that's also nice. Um, we, th there was a point a couple of years ago where we like, we were in our first or second year um, starting to build all this. And we were evaluating where we put our resources into and what parts of the things we're doing is really important. And at that point, we were still developing three projects at the same time that we felt fit together. And we were debating if we should ditch one or two of them in order to be faster, in order to be better. And we, we ditched one that was... Um, yeah, the, we don't have to go down there. Yeah, we don't, go, we, we, we don't we, talk we, about that one anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, went, we went overboard <laughs> and wanted to do too much at once. <laughs> and, but with these two, these two were the Portmaster and SPN. And we were debating really hard if we should ditch the Portmaster and just do the SPN. And I'm not 100% sure we did the right decision by keeping both. 
but that just makes the SPN so much more powerful um, to be built on the Portmaster. Um, and I'm really glad to see what we have today. I have no idea where we would be if we chosen the other path. I don't know. I'm really happy we're here right now because what these two technologies do together is just amazing. And they allow you not only kind of to have a middle ground between VPN and Tor, but also that middle ground has a bandwidth. And within the SPN, you can slide different applications on the threat model slider kind of and use threat modeling within the SPN. And that's what I love too. Like, do, do you know yeah, the, do that? Yeah. Do, you, do you know the 80-20 rule? Uh, it doesn't apply to VPNs at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say in comparison, like just for others, like if you, if you draw an image, like you can quickly sketch with 20% of the effort, you have like 80% of the result, but then you have to like invest 80% uh, of energy to then go into the details. And that's kind of like what Safing is also about, both Portmaster and the SPN. Like by default, we take the like we take care of the defaults we take care of the first 20 percent which have 80 percent of the results like we block a lot of trackers by default we spread your connections across the globe we give you multi-hop by default we give you geo unblocking by default and then you can go inside and like fine-tune everything you still have control and that's kind of the core difference with the vpn you have to mostly do all the work yourself and if um any of that doesn't make sense i think the best way for people to get it is just to, again, seriously, like download it. It's not something I, I have a hard time recommending people download because it's so low risk. Um, just get it and try it and you'll see exactly like what they're talking about if this doesn't make sense to you. If you don't want to download it, check out their website or I have a review on it down below, um, which I think kind of outlines how it works decently well. Um, so yeah, those are all like your options to kind of see the Portmaster. And then once you see the Portmaster, I think it's really easy to see how the SBN could fit into that. Yeah, the video does a perfect um, job. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's just like uh, a year old or stuff. So it's it has evolved since then even more. Yeah. But the video was great. Yeah, and we are working on more like small videos that we can publish that kind of go into like single aspects and showcase different different areas. So that'll be rolling out over the next um, half year. Yeah. yeah. Or so yeah. So there's there's more coming in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> Being careful here. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my final question of today is, and this can probably get a little tricky, but I've come across other decentralized VPNs too. And they don't give me good, (laughs) they don't give me good energy. So like one cool thing about being in the position we're in is like, we get email. Well, it's not actually a cool thing, honestly, but we get emails all day, every day from just random projects, probably 90% are trash. Um, and I'm not saying that these decentralized projects are trash. It's just, we've become very good at knowing just by the subject line of the email, whether or not it's a legitimate email and like what the people are looking for. (laughs) How many of them are built on a blockchain? Uh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't understand. The whole point... I I don't get it. The whole point of using tools like this is you don't want it to be remembered. So I don't see why a blockchain... It's the buzzword. You've got to move with the buzzword. Yeah. 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 AI, AI, blockchain, machine learning, decentralized VPN. Yeah. Um, You've got to figure it out. So we get a lot of... (laughs) 
long story short, we get a lot of crap. We have to sort through a lot of crap. We don't respond to a lot of crap because we don't, we just don't respond to, we don't have the bandwidth to respond to that. Um, and so are there other projects out there that are legitimate? How do you compare to other decentralized VPNs? We don't have to name it. We don't have to call anyone out by name. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, like, is there legitimacy in this space? That's, I, I know you guys are legit because I follow your development and you guys are legit, but is there other legitimacy in this space? I've looked into a couple of them. I've I read a lot, a lot of their white papers um, to check what they're about and what they're actually doing. Um, there's also, um, we, we cover a couple of them in our white paper. Um, it is a bit outdated, so don't be scared if, if you're like weirded out by what is this weird thing they call gate 17. That was the previous name of this SPN. Um, so that that's how old it is. So, but that's still um, the the. It's really interesting to read through that stuff. But I'll I can cover like a, a, a base thing here. So, there are there's a bandwidth, of course. Um, there are a lot of there are projects that like do very little innovation and just try to whack up something, and then there are projects that are really serious um, and that they're actually doing great work. Um, to the point that what they do and how it works is a little beyond me, um, or I have to just pour in a lot more time to understand what they're doing. Um, so on the on the low end, kind of the um, the products that kind of try to back something together, what they mostly try to do is to use the blockchain for payments, and then uh, you connect to any random other users device and use their device as your VPN server. Um, so the idea is maybe not that bad, but if we go back to how the SPN takes the good parts of a VPN and Tor, that takes the bad parts of VPN and Tor because you still have only one exit plus you're exiting at a stranger. So that's really weird. And I really don't see why that's something that I would want. The problem all of these blockchain-based systems have is that, as we've stated before, the blockchain is a permanent uh, database. So um, if I, if a blockchain, I, which I can monitor because it's public, I see, oh, that guy is again paying that other guy for traffic, so I guess um, that IP address from this guy is now this guy. So I can actually track these people across using the network and then I can see exactly which user is using which IP address at which point in time. So it actually reduces your privacy even more. That's kind of if you don't do anything. So a lot of projects try to solve that this problem that they just created um by adding other mechanism to that um like one project that looked serious at first but then kind of uh collapsed into just being a vpn was something the rabbits, yeah the, the rabbits i've got um mm, it, the name it, isn't important okay it, it's in the <laughs> it's in the white paper if you want to know <laughs> so um they they use Ethereum for payments and they kind of did something where they did like 
these microtransactions, but instead of doing every transaction, um, they just do bigger transactions with a certain probability. So there's some mechanism in there that kind of reduces the amount of payments you have to make because payments are also expensive. Um, and that kind of was their way of dealing with privacy issues, um, which is a good step in the right direction, but we don't know how effective that is. Um, so that was one interesting approach that the marketing was good, definitely. <laughs> the technology, I don't know, I don't hear of them a lot. Um, so, and then we have like on the most serious end, probably, um, there is a project from the Switzerland that, um, as far as I understand their project up until now is that they're actually, they're not a low latency network. So they're not destined for traffic, but more like for other applications and stuff, but they also do on an encryption multi-hub stuff and they have, um, their own blockchain and uh, mixing. So they mix the traffic in order to increase privacy and there's proofs for that. So they're building a amazingly complex machine to um, prove every part of that process. And if that really works out, that is that, that can turn out into an absolutely amazing technology. So, so there's this end too. Um, but as I understand till now, it's not for browsing traffic, it's for other types of traffic, um, like other transactions or um, application traffic and, and stuff like that. Um, so, but th that's the technology where like, I, I would have to invest more time in order to properly understand what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve with that. Um, but they've, um, I mean, I, at this point I could just call out their name. Um, they're, they're called NIM, um, they're Switzerland, and they have like high profile people working on their, their project. Um, they're also VC funded, which is a bit weird, but um, the VCs seem to be into privacy and seem to be um, getting some stuff yeah. out of that. It's but not necessarily weird, it just can be a risk in that sense. Like where VC, I often associate with like Silicon Valley attitudes, surveil everything and all that stuff. So sometimes VC gets in the way of a privacy project because the shareholders or the board then just decides, hey, we should monetize the data and collect the data. So it is a risk attached, yeah, yeah. as yeah. we understand it. Yeah. So um, so there's a such a huge spectrum of, of what is going on in that space. And um, th there was another, really interesting one that I, I just love their story. So they were like a, a blockchain based thing and they also did like very, very similar to Tor, but kind of with payment and they, they wanted to add like services into that stuff and like, and they're like also really good at marketing. They had, they sold so many of their coins that they had so much money. And then something like <laughs> so hilariously stupid happened. It's just, it's just, crazy so the the founder or ceo or something like that um thought he knew how to like make more money with with the tokens they they've sold or something and he kind of moved around like pretty much all of their stuff on the blockchain 
he made a mistake and burned all their money. And that, they died. That, that was it. it <laughs> that was substratum, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> that is just so crazy. Like, no, you, can't be, you can't be possibly serious. But this happens too, as we now know. <laughs> but it's just beyond me. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's bitter, of course. But yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Summarizing the, the spectrum of like DVPN or, or whatever these technologies really are, because they're so different. It's so big that it's really hard to do kind of a, a statement over all of them. They're so different. And like one would have to like investigate exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, but yes, the spectrum goes from crap to yeah, from crap to like amazing. So it is yeah. really hard to. There's no blanket statement. It's um, probably of course, a we're probably in that soup too for other people. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's probably also a pyramid where it's like a lot of the projects are not really serious or it's just the blockchain hype and trying to sell a token or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then the more serious ones are fewer i'd say i mean it helps explain the situation but i'm still probably gonna be like oh blockchain decentralized vpn looking to sponsor you <laughs> that's still gonna be my reaction probably regardless of where it comes from so those are all the questions i have on my end i think that helped me understand the spn and just what it offers what it doesn't offer kind of who it's tailored to um is there anything else you feel like you need to add or is there anything you want to share with people I don't. I think. I think. I think we covered. Yeah. I mean. Thanks a lot for the questions. It, it honestly, it's like you and your community, and like you, you're part of the targets audience, the target group. So like, just hearing your questions, it helps us and sees like in understanding where we gotta improve. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely, definitely yeah, like yeah. something we're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like we appreciate you, we appreciate your team and your community. So we already talked beforehand. Like for those curious, um, we decided to just give you fifty gift cards for a free month. So curious people can just try it out. Uh, yeah, I guess you will kind of explain where to get them then. Well, thank you, you two. Um, I really appreciate your time. I feel a lot more educated now on just this whole topic. So like, I'm personally very appreciative of it, but I'm also sure that this was very useful for other people because I'm sure there's lots of other people who are like me who just kind of avoided the whole, like, I don't get it, no one's talking about it, so I'm just not gonna touch it, which is probably the safe thing to do. It's better to probably avoid a tool you don't understand than to just see marketing and go for it. So um, I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, thanks yourself, it was super cool. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was yeah. great to, to talk about it and also kind of receive feedback so we can learn. Very cool and quick announcement. Safing was kind enough to give 50 free coupons for people to at least try out SPN to see what it's all about themselves. Again, it is an alpha. It's not something I would ever recommend if you need maximum privacy and security, especially in its current state. But if you're just looking to test things out, see how it works, play around with it, at the very least, try out Portmaster because it's free and open source. But for people who want to get those coupons, we're gonna make a post on our forum. If you can leave a comment on the forum with your favorite privacy tool, doesn't matter what it is, just so we have a way to verify that you're there, um, we'll go ahead and DM the first 50 people who comment on that post on our forum. Thank you, Safing, and thank you to our community members for being a part of what we do.